And we are back with yet another episode of Delicate Shades, the official podcast of the Athletic Dragons. I am your host and former executive producer, Brian Alcair. Excited to be joined here once again by our lead analyst and new and freshly promoted executive producer, Stu Neustadt, who is back to the pod. It's interesting. Normally you don't get promoted after you refuse to come on the podcast unless you win, but that is what's happened. That's what it took. I had to bribe him. I gave him a title and he is back one and three, one and two. I don't even know what his record is, but he finally won. Stu, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Brian. Yes, I wasn't about to come on the podcast and give analysis for when I was 0-3. Who wants to listen to that? I wouldn't even want to listen to myself. But yes, after a big win over Zach Crenshaw last weekend, I'm on the winning side. Not the record, but at least on the winning side. You know, we look at each week. I'm 1-0 last week, and we're looking to go 1-0 this week as well been what roughly three and a half weeks i feel like since we've done an episode um god save the queen that screwed me up one week we had hurricane ian that was rough and Stu, you were you're fresh off hurricane isn't hurricane ian still going on it is but you're already moving on people are have their their houses underwater and you're already moving on (laughs) hurricane ian is no longer it is a tropical storm still deadly and life-threatening and we encourage you to stay sheltered in place but um while that's happening, I think that, you know, it's appropriate for us to talk a little fantasy football. Wow. You think it's appropriate to talk about fantasy football while people are suffering. All right. I, I get it. And thankfully our listeners are safe and well for what we know, but yeah, let's get into the imaginary world of the real fantasy football. Let's uh, revisit where we, uh, where we left off, which was the draft and some pre-draft uh, predictions. I don't know if we would have predicted the only undefeated team being Dylan Rate, who is now uh, no longer uh, make Saquon great again, uh, but here for the colors, a nice uh, nod to uh, Delicate Shades, which we appreciate. The previous episode, the Hot Mic episode, where um, some of the many hundreds, I think there was hundreds, some say maybe even thousands of people at the live draft in the audience. Um, so saying it's the biggest live draft audience ever, ever. Yeah, I know here for the colors three and O the only undefeated team, uh, besides the Miami dolphins, uh, who might fun be- fact Dylan in one week, he had more points for than I did total. Is that good for him? For yes. Doing? For bad, bad for me. So okay. numbers game. My two right. weeks equaled his one week. I gotcha. Okay. That was a joke. I was kind of setting you up there, but that's okay. Um, so uh, Dylan is the only undefeated team at 3-0 as of this taping uh, during Thursday night football. Mullins in second place. Kyle, so we have a lot of two-in-one teams. Myself, Zach, Doku. Um, surprisingly, Lincoln, who was one and two. I think our, highly dra- our highest. He's not. He's one and two. Lincoln's one and two. I you I you can't hear me. I can hear you. I just said surprisingly, Lincoln is one and two after being the highest rated team after the draft. Oh, good analysis. Are yeah, you, he's one and two. Are you okay? There's either two. Are you drunk from bocce ball or 
is your Wi-Fi that bad? Is there's one? There's only two options. I misunderstood you. I thought you said he's you grouped Lincoln in so quickly. I thought you meant he was two and one. I think your internet is cutting out and you're not hearing me talk at certain points. This is gonna be a fun one to edit. I think you're gonna edit this one tomorrow. This is gonna be a, this is a rough you know 15 for us to go into. This already feels like last season where came, it came like week 15 and there was like seven teams that could make the playoffs for like two spots. And we're already spreading things out nicely to where uh, besides Richie, who sits at 0-3, uh, everybody's pretty close and in striking distance. Well, in matchups this week, we have me versus Lincoln. Both of us are one and two. Doku versus Dylan, two and one versus three no. Dad bod 0 and 3 versus Warm Dorm 2 and 1. And then you play Kyle, who's 2 and 1. Nash plays Will Block, who's 1 and 2. And then Joe plays Andrew Lux Neckbeard, aka Zach Crenshaw, 1 and 2 and 2 and 1. So there could be in a clusterfuck here, given the matchups that we have. And we already had Crenshaw text us saying that he's pissed that he played Tua and then said he hopes he's okay. I, there was two minutes and 45 seconds in between texts of, I can't believe I played Tua in, but really though, what's really important is Tua's health and that looks really bad. <laughs> so, you know, we won't hold that two minutes and 30 seconds against him, but the clock was running and the timer was on. A quick, uh, a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, uh, Datadog, uh, the parent company of Databricks, um, powered by Dunkin' Donuts. Um, we're bringing back uh, a quick recap uh, from the league. Going back to uh, last week, week two, power rankings have shifted a bit, according to the Athletic Dragons uh, presenting sponsor. Um, while he is still one and two, the power rankings still have Lincoln Barlow top of the Data Dog power rankings. So they're seeing something in his future strength of schedule, which is the apparent lowest of the playoff contending teams still has uh, a predicted power rank of one um, while his coaching rank is eighth in the league. So this we're still using this, aren't we? This is, yeah. You mean our presenting sponsor, the one that gives you the private jets and pays for all of our apparel and, you know, here's the the thing that I disagree with it because it doesn't take into fact that like I saw like my coaching grade, you know, it's very ambiguous and very subjective. My coaching grade was towards the bottom of the pack, mainly because I didn't start Khalil Herbert. And clearly I wasn't going to start Khalil Herbert. Like had I known David Montgomery would get hurt in the first few plays of the game. Yeah. Maybe I would have started him, but I'm not going to also Damian Pierce didn't have the snaps that he had the last two weeks and all of a sudden he gets to go off and I get drilled by some nerd from Northwestern because his algorithm says that I should have played these two players because they're the most points. Well, yeah, asshole. Clearly I would have, if I had known they would have went off stupid data. All right. So we'll just go ahead and skip the data dog segment for this week, but maybe next week we'll revisit it. And, you know, maybe we just edit this whole thing out so we can keep that, that Saudi money coming through. Speaking of Saudi money, Speaking of Saudi money, Stu, um, what's your uh, Saudi money story of the week? Saudi money story of the week presented by the guillotine. Well, we won't, we won't take your head off too quickly. (laughs) I recently saw our good friend, Rob Widener at his engagement party. And 
we were talking about his recent film that he was on. As some of you may know, he was in Saudi Arabia not too long ago. I think I believe at the beginning of this year. If you follow him on Find My Friends, a great follow when he was over there because he's just that, in the middle yeah. of a sand desert. Yeah. Just like, he, where the hell are you? Two thumbs up for Rob Widener on Find My Friends. He keeps your map nice and spread over. It makes you feel very worldly as a you know friend. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. While he was dealing with the sandstorms, Little did I know, you know, I thought, oh, that's cool. Like they're just filming in Saudi Arabia. Didn't think too much of it. Didn't know about live golf. Didn't know about Newcastle United taking Saudi money and what that really meant. I knew the Saudi Arabia was bad, but I didn't know the extent of it. Clearly not that bad because you saw Rob on Find Your Friends and thought, oh, cool. He's in a sand desert. Yeah, it's fine. Saudi Arabia. Oh, what a destination. I wouldn't want to go there, but, you know, good for him. Later. Flash forward to last Saturday, find out that Rob, the reason he's over there is to present Saudi Arabia in a better light to the Western world, aka Saudi Arabia propaganda, aka Saudi money, aka Rob started Live Golf. <laughs> Since Rob's not here, nor even in the group chat. And surely has not remained subscribed to our podcast since his debut in the season finale of season one. I think he was just doing a movie that was in Saudi Arabia. So I'm not sure how much of the fun. Now, the movie may have been owned by a company in Saudi Arabia, but. It's Saudi money. It's Saudi money. hundred percent. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not going to certainly bet against that hypothesis. Anyway, so Stu, uh, let's just we we jumped quickly over uh, over the the week one and two uh, rankings, but you sit at an interesting position um, at the bottom of the table. Bigger is better, and clearly, uh, so are losses because you got a lot of them. What? How would you rate your season's performance? You and I both had a very what's the right word frightening opinion that we both drafted the best team we ever had. Um, after three weeks, how are you feeling? You know, it's a great question. I want to say week one, I got blown out because Najee Maybe Harris the sucks and got hurt. Week two, I did the math. I changed, and everyone's like, oh, you, should, you know, whatever. I changed my defense for whatever reason and then benched Dotson for – Mooney literally five minutes before the game could have won out of curiosity. How many times have you gotten more than a hundred points? One. Okay. So that's how many times, how many times have you won with 86 points? One. Okay, cool. All right. So we're on the same page then. <laughs> I was, well, I was getting to that, but I want to send a big compliment to Doku for lining up against me this week and getting that real barn burner of an 81, 86 win to, you know, climb up to two and one, keep my playoff appearance. My playoff percentage is nice and high. I I'm sure you have a, a, a agenda for this, but can I give one more plug for my team this week? Sure. I have right now, as I have starting, I have every single player playing the noon game. Don't know if that's good luck. Don't know if that's bad luck, but I will be done worrying about fantasy football at 325 central time on Sunday. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? 
I, yeah, that's a bad thing. I always love a Monday night game to just give me a little bit of hope, just string it out, you know? Well, I have the best pickup of the season, potentially cool Herbert going off. That is going to be a good pickup. He's going to do well. Um, I've started floating. I just announced it on the pod. I'm, I, as many of you know, I've been sending out some requests looking for a running back. Um, you know, just, I'll just float this out. I got a little three, three team trade in the works. So um, if anybody has an extra running back, maybe Kirk Cousins end up on your roster, you know, we get crazy. Joe is very offended when you sent him Kirk Cousins before Trey Lance broke his ankle. I'm, I sent it to him not only before, but also after Trey Lance broke his ankle. I'll trade you Najee Harris for Christian Kirk or Michael Pittman. I don't think so. No, I would draft a Najee in maybe the third round. Um, we want to keep this going because we've all got a busy week ahead of us. We don't often get approached uh, to get on the pod, but when somebody reaches out uh, and says, I need to share something, uh, you know what, we'll bring them on. Uh, we got a very uh, ambiguous text from uh, Brother Crenshaw. He offered, I think it was $50. Was it $50, $20, $10? The price is irrelevant. He'd offered up some money. If you could guess the Delta beta he hung out with or talked with, I forget, for an extended period of time. Um, a lot of great guesses came into the group chat, and we're here to get an answer. Brother Crenshaw, welcome to Delicate Shades. Uh, you have the whole group chat anxiously awaiting the Delta beta. First of all, thanks for having me on the pod. Feels good to be here. Of it's been course. a long time coming. Um, secondly, prayers up for Tua. Oh, look at him. Stewie knew he'd come in backpedaling hard on his on his initial text. Man. He's prayers up. He's prayers it up for Tua. But. Prayers up. I got to obviously show some sensitivity before I say, I can't believe I made the last second decision to start him over Matthew Stafford, knowing that he was concussion prone. I mean, he was one bad hit from, you know, getting carted off because they shouldn't have thrown him back in there. And, you know. Have you Googled fencing, fencing response? No. That is what he currently experienced. Is that the first time you've seen that? Uh, yes. And P Rich Eisen tweeted about it. Fencing response. When a person experiences an impact that's strong enough to cause traumatic brain injury, such as a concussion, their arms often go into an unnatural position. It lasts up to several seconds after a collision. It's happened a couple of times. You know, I forget. It happened last season to a quarterback. I forget who it was. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not fun um no. it's a anyway it's a violent game there's a reason why uh that's why i don't let heidi play tackle football man it's right like, right I, I do not know what it's like to get my head rocked that hard so no, i have um, no idea um okay before we before we before we dive into the story which were the reason we've obviously given you a ring if you've asked to come on the pod and we have you know, eh, I don't know if I asked. I, I can go find the. I, I think the text is right next to. I can't believe I started to it, but you know who's counting. <laughs> please, it, please have me on the. You pod. know what? So it's. I'll tell you what the text goes. It's. I can't believe I started to it. It's. I need to come on the pod. And then right above that one is. Yeah, you guys. I'll give you the exclusive interview with the gender reveal of my second child. I think it was right there where it was for delicate. <laughs> yeah. Days. No. What are you? Uh, what are you? Guys a belated congrats on baby no, baby girl number two girl dad times two she's holding up a white t-shirt and i'm pretty sure it's the one i left at will Blunt's bachelor party which has now become like the sisterhood of the traveling pants I'm which pretty sure brian brian brought with for haskey's wedding and then decided to leave at my apartment 
So I have oh, that's it. funny. I've washed I've, it and I've folded it. I've now seen Doku and Brian in that shirt. Stu, I need a picture of there you. There is a picture of me in the shirt, I believe. Brian. Yeah, we, we, we made him. Stu was going to wear it to the live draft. And then, like, no, he was going to see if you could tell that he had it on in the in the photo. But I it's thought a, you were going to bring it to, like, Wrigley Field. I, like, took it to Yankee Stadium, wore it. I don't know. It was, it was sister. It was the whole point. Sister, yeah, it's like, the, it's like the world's most expensive white tee. So uh, enjoy it. Um, okay. Let's get into this story. And I almost made it $50, if you could guess right. But then I was like, knowing somebody on this group text will pull it out of a hat. But no one did. I, uh, I'm keeping the money in my Venmo account for now. Um, I would say Heidi's College Fund, but we all know it's in my FanDuel account. Um, and the answer, drum roll, Stu and Brian, Foster Tidwell. Oh. Sneaky cool beta. I'm going to go out on a limb and say... Pound for pound, most underrated beta in that class. Senior class, obviously, you know, everyone liked Matty Rico and Spencer, but Foster, low-key, super chill, super cool. I get a text from him. You know what? I'm going to give you the exact... You can still hear me, correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you the exact message I get on Facebook from him because it's so rich how he reaches out to me on a Sunday night. I'm working, and... He reaches out. I got to scroll way up because we talked for quite a while. Here we go. Hey, Zach, been a long time. How are you? Question mark. I should add up front that I do have a small favor to ask. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering if you had any trusted local news connections in L.A. We had our daughter kidnapped by a crazy nanny last week. Don't worry. The daughter's back now. But the police investigation is moving slowly. It's an absolutely wild story. Want to make sure it doesn't happen to other families. What a lead. What a story. What a story. And I proceeded to do, you know, like hours of actual journalism on this story, knowing I wasn't going to turn it. But it Mind is called. Well, you could turn it. What's wrong? With no, because it's it's too hyper local. And I won't I won't bore the pod with the details. But like, it was crazy. Like, he had this nanny who he had for like one day and she like immediately kind of raised some red flags, but went rogue, took his daughter, didn't have a car. Like she, I guess said she did put his daughter, two-year-old daughter in an Uber. And then they find her like foster claims. She was intoxicated outside of a corner store. The daughter? No, 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 no. The woman intoxicated with his daughter outside of a corner store. And she had just gone on a racist tirade inside the store. And at this point, I think like they put out like a, you know, bolo for the daughter because like they didn't know where she was. And it gets worse. This nanny foster takes a week off work to just do deep research on this nanny. Guy could be an investigative journalist and finds out that like she's a classic con artist, like has like seven LinkedIn accounts, has like sued a local newspaper who wrote about her past con escapades like she is a absolute sketchball like you know went through his liquor cabinet he found out like the first day she was there so just an incredible story we talked for a long time i ended up getting connected to an investigative reporter in la um and that's the story but foster and i have texted about as much as i've texted you two over the past two weeks maybe more which is wild because it culminated. Wow. He's like very appreciative. He's like, you know what? If nothing ever comes out of this though, it was great to reconnect with you. And I think he was my older brother in the house. So 
there's the story. Foster Tidwell. And you know what? He's got a, he, his wife. This is actually common knowledge. He told me to kind of keep it on the down low. But his wife was just named in a Rolling Stone article. And she actually works for Kanye West. Like for Donda, for his school. And I was like, how often does she talk to Kanye West? He's like, every day. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, I was like, forget about the nanny. Like, no, I'm just kidding. But wow, uh, you yeah. you all right? First of all, you held on to the story for so long, and That's you didn't tell story. any of us. That's insane. Appreciate that. It makes up for blowing our exclusive about the gender reveal. This is a great story. We're very happy that you could tell it here first. World exclusive. We're scooping. We're scooping an LA station right now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> is that is that station uh, have a Peacock logo by chance? Uh. Uh, contractually i think i'm obligated to answer no it does i reached out to uh to yeah some nbc friends uh who are with la so yeah we'll see if they do it the, you know it, it being in local news as long as i've been in it i've seen a lot of like con con men and con women stories and they're like the question is how much does like the general public care and to be honest with you the investigative reporter in la i talked with he's like nanny stories are a tough sell because it's kind of like a rich person problem. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good point. So in the, it's still- in, the era, in the era of COVID though, and having to stay home and having any, it's a little bit more mainstream nowadays, you think? Right. And the last thing I'll say is Foster made, I mean, he was, he was pretty upset about it because. Because they, um, they kidnapped his daughter. Well, they kidnapped his daughter, but, <laughs> but the, hold on. A nanny agency said she had been fully vetted and like the whole nine. And then basically was like, Oh, like, we don't need you. We don't need to give you her last name. You don't need to do any background checks. Like we've already done it. So he's like, I want to make sure oh. that this one doesn't just get into another house a week from now. And like, she kind of yeah. like blackmail him. Like there's more to this, but like Foster had to go to West Monroe, who he works for. Shout out Joe's company uh, and young Kyle. Um, assuming Not they anymore. both. Start- okay. Classic. Where's yeah, my eight? Just Joe. Data dog. Data dog. Oh yeah, Databricks, Substary. But point of the story is, uh, like he had to go tell them and be like, hey, just in case it's like crazy. Like he sent me a screenshot of a text that was like, don't ever contact us again. Like, and it gets it gets wilder. He did so much deep research on this woman. He found out she was on like a like a five tiers lower, but like a Judge Judy type knockoff show. And this judge looks at her and it's like lady you're crazy and this is like it's like some like african-american female judge who's like not really acting very judicial she's like screaming at a judge they're not they're not real judges right right right. well i think judy might be you know she's she's versus legal legal somewhere yeah Yeah. point of the story is yeah the writing was on the wall and foster's trying to blow the lid off it that's an unreal story it's Uh, crazy at your nannies because i have heard some nanny horror stories even like after talking to other people post this i've held on this stuff like two or three weeks but a lot of people have told me stories about nannies like stealing or having you know sorted pasts so you know for you future dads and and i think mullins and richie and dylan don't say that we don't just talk about make-believe sports on this podcast we're here to we're here to serve you and help you get through your life you know, in a, in a safe and orderly fashion. News you can use. News you can use. Absolutely insane. Wow. Yeah. Um, How about that? Before I let you go. Yeah. And I'll just say, you know what? 
hopefully we start a trend. If it would be fun if all of a sudden, this is a great way to get on the pod, guys. If you, like me, are clamoring for Brian and Stu's Undying Love. Um, we could do like hey you ask a random question and then just say i'll venmo 20 dollars to whoever gets it right it's actually kind of like a really fun game right after i saw all like the kyle gerlach and josh michener and yeah it's a great game it was fun what what yeah come up with a name with it for it and we'll uh we'll make it a segment i like it it makes guest interviews a little bit more fun yeah, it was better than whatever my last segment was. Well, that was my next question. All right. So we've obviously killed your – you have not been renewed for a second season on Crenshaw's Lock of the Week based yeah. on the obvious issue, which is your bets not being locks. I will say this. I got I got some locks this week, I feel like. Well, that's what I was going to say. You are going to get a one-time, one opportunity. This is not – you're not. this is not advice. We're not telling people at all to take this and bet on these, these, these picks, but we will then revisit next week to see if you actually won these picks. You know, it's a trial essentially. Okay. Honestly, I'm just going to give you one lock hammer the Raiders. Uh, They're playing the Broncos. I think the Broncos are overrated. They haven't been able to move the ball. The Raiders are at home and it's an absolute desperation game. They're too good with Devontae Adams. And at some point cars got to get it going. I think they absolutely roll the Broncos. And I have... Yeah, they've been in each of their three games. They they could have won all three of those. uh, Beat the cards. But also, when a team is, like, decent, when they're going to be down 0-3, they're just going to, like... I don't think they'll kick, you know, field goals, like, on fourth and one. I think they'll go for it. I just think they're going to... I think they'll play well. What's the the lot? So you take the money line? it, yeah, no, I took it two and a half just because of field goal. I think you might as well get the get the extra juice. But the Broncos, if you guys have watched any Broncos, they have looked atrocious. So, huh. all right. Well, franchise my- lock of the week. Uh, take the spread for the Raiders at home. I need one yard for, I'm going to win $20 if Jason, or if, uh, is it Jason Waddle? Jalen. Jalen Waddle gets one more yard. Good luck, Jason. <laughs> My good friend, Jason. <laughs> oh, you know, man. Jason. Yeah, everyone, you know, I just started listening to Smart List, by the way. It was a pod rack for you. Uh, Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, and Jason Bateman. And it is hilarious. They get huge names. They have so, an insane library. It's a good podcast. You can go back and there's like 700 episodes already with like every famous person, you know. You oh, can- wow. Like every famous person, like they, they don't, they don't get it. If you're B-list, get out. All right. On that note, bye. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Zach Crenshaw, for joining the pod. Before we end, Stu, do you have anything else? I have one more thing before we whelp and see you later. As Stu lets out a big yawn. We had a big a bocce game tonight. Uh, not a whole lot from me. I'm glad the league is back to going strong. If I beat Lincoln this week, is that the biggest upset of the season so far? Um, I don't think so. No, but uh, good luck. My team is dangerous. Don't don't get don't let my team get hot. You will need it. I think you're a really bad two and one team. I feel pretty good about about where I'm at. Uh, all things considered. Stu, uh, I want to make this a new segment going forward that we can end each episode or each each episode with this 
highs and lows until, of the week. <laughs> we can do that. We can do highs and lows of the week. Um, and then we'll and then we'll do my segment. Um, my highs and low. Low hurricane Ian and, and the devastating impact it took on Southwest Florida. Thinking of them this week. Um, high of the week, the Colts finally won and they beat the Chiefs in week two. That was easily my high of the week. Stu. My my high of the week, spending quality time with my family. My low of the week, not spending enough quality time with my friends. I'm a people guy. Can you hear me? It, it's possible that what you're saying is being recorded, but you're going to edit this episode and hopefully this will be released by the, the morning drive tomorrow in the morning commute. Uh, it won't be the evening commute. It'll be ready for their evening. Commute. It'll be ready for, before Sunday. Okay. I'm going to end up editing this and I'm going to be so pissed. There's a 99% chance half of what you said in this podcast was not recorded because of, I didn't hear anything you just said. It just doesn't, it, I, I don't think it's me. I think it's, I think it's you. All right. We're going to end this podcast and every podcast, our new segment sponsored by D3 glory days, Brian's marathon training update. Stu, you're going to leave us with a score one through 10 on your confidence in my ability to run the marathon. How are you feeling this week? Well, you're going to run 18 on Sunday. I'm what right now. How do you feel right now? That you'll finish? Yeah. Uh, six and a half, seven. Six and a half, seven. All right. Out of curiosity, where was it two weeks ago? Four. Yeah, I felt four. I could feel four from you. The energy of four was was definitely coming. See, so glad he gave me this opportunity to talk about the marathon because Brian Brian chatted me back a while ago. Hey, I'm gonna do this marathon, but I'm not gonna run before Italy. I'll run a little bit, but I don't want you helping me yet. I want your help after Italy. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Like, whatever. So that's like July, and that's like a good amount of time to train for a marathon. And you know, the marathon's in November. You know, typically you want like. 12 to 16 weeks. So for those that don't know how many weeks are in a month, you know, that's three to four months. It was like good, solid training, build it, everything up. So that way, like half of the marathon training is just being able to handle the marathon training. If that makes sense. Like you got to be able to get your legs under you to handle the, the long runs base training is what you call it in the industry. Oh, the industry. Okay. Think about it. You know, a base, like you want a base under you, you know, like if you're going out yeah. drinking, you want to eat a little bit so that way you don't get completely fucked up. Yeah. Brian decided to chug a bottle of vodka in this situation. Like put no base underneath them and just like fuck it. I'm just going to chug vodka and it's going to go well. <laughs> we didn't get to double digits folks until what? 4 right. weeks ago, 3 weeks ago. What are you talking about? Like a month and a half ago. If if you know how many weeks during a month. All Stupid. I know is you've done two double digit runs and you are more confident. Two digit. I I haven't been. I've run two half marathons in the last week and a half. So I'm pretty confident. Um, you've done 14, you've done 10 miles. Oh, you got, 12, you got 12 in there. Okay, sorry. You I did three. 13 and then I did 14. I thought you did 12 and then 14. Folks, all I know is that by the end of this, I'm going to make a judgment on if it is worth your money to hire Stu as a coach. So far, he's wishy-washy on me. He's, I'm not sure he's totally committed to my cause. I wrote you an entire plan to follow and all I had to do is go follow it. And how much have you followed it? I, you know what? Things have popped up. Okay, great. And then what did you say to me after you didn't follow my plan and you go, I don't trust you. 
Did, did you or did you not say that I don't trust you with this marathon plan? Uh, by the way, I anticipated this segment being just like a one through 10 score. And then we kind of end the podcast, but I think it's mm. good. That we're just getting this out. I mean, look, we've already gone over. All I'm saying is I put my heart and soul into this and you put your legs, butt, my legs, your my butt, leg. you put your butt into it and you farted on it. Thanks coach. Coach. I really feel the love and encouragement. What Stu, the strategy that I was not anticipating from Stu as a coach, which I've never been coached. I have been coached by Stu. That's true. Once before, it was a half marathon. It didn't require any real conversation or dialogue because it was a half marathon. It was easy. This is the first time I really, you know, had an intensive session to really understand. I mean, look, let's let's look at his resume. The man left the high paying job, left the career in sales and marketing to follow his true passion as a coach. There, there's no doubting that this man knows how to coach. He knows how to coach. All I will say is what I was not anticipating is that, and maybe he has multiple tools inside of his bag, but the one folks he's currently using on me, Brother Alkire, aka NYC Football Club, is he is taking disappointed and basically disappointed dad. And I am running every day to prove him wrong. Like he's taking, like that is the relationship we have as athlete coach is like, I run pissed, not to prove anything to myself, but because my coach doesn't believe in me. So like interesting relationship that we have going on. Uh, and listen, you know, it's September 29th, November 7th is the marathon. We'll see. Maybe this was a great strategy, but like, I thought it'd be good to introduce a little check-in. Make sure you run the marathon on November 6th, though. That's the actual day. That's the marathon. You know, I'm familiar with the weekend, so I think I'll be okay. Brian, it's not that I'm disappointed. It's more so I am concerned for your your health and safety. If we go back all the way to Jack Bergeson's wedding, if you remember, when you first learned that you'll be running the marathon, all I said to you, point blank, I don't care about your time as long as you put in the work and the effort, the marathon will suck less. The marathon's going to suck regardless. And the whole point of you training is for it to make suck less. And that's all I want from you. So that's what all I'm hoping. I don't want to hear about you breaking a leg, you getting in a heat stroke, anything. The people break legs during marathons. Is that, I mean, how does that happen? Anyway, stranger things happen. I thanks dad. I think I appreciate it. We'll see. This has been a great check-in. I'm really proud and it, it makes me smile to know I'm at a seven, six to seven right now uh, on the confidence scale. And we'll see how that goes. This is a big test this weekend. So next week, we'll, we should have a pretty big update. Well, see you later.